Welcome, I'm Anna Ginger, your host of The Anna Ginger Show. I'm an international adoptee, an adoptee who has experienced the pain of rejection and the peace that comes with self-discovery and acceptance. Along the way, I've discovered that I'm not alone. And in some ways, we are all adopted into or out of homes, cultures, communities, and relationships as we grow and evolve. These experiences create who we are and who we are yet to be. So let's discover how we can be and become our best selves by connecting to the guest and creative content cradled in the belief that we belong, that we are worthy, and that we are loved in this world. So stay tuned and you may discover your own adoption story. Now, speaking of not being alone and becoming our best self, I want to introduce you to an amazing young lady who has agreed to be part of the Anna Ginger Show in the best of ways. So Linnea, welcome to the show. And would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, thank you so much. So my name is Linnea Haitala. I'm a sophomore at Grandview University in Des Moines, Iowa, and I am the social media intern for the Anna Ginger Show, which basically means that I'm the person who is making posts and uh, basically doing all the interaction on our social media accounts. Yeah, letting people know what we're doing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I should talk about a little bit about the connection to Grandview University. So I uh, grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, and my family is there, my adopted family. And my sister teaches at Grandview. And that's how I got connected to you, Linnea. So um, you have not met my sister, but you know, Aaron, um, who was another introduction um, from my sister, who is um, an adoptee from Korea as well. And so that's how we got connected when I was living in Iowa. So, Linnea, what made you decide, um, beside the fact that you are a social media whiz, amazing, (laughs) talented young lady, what made you decide that you wanted to do this particular internship with this show? So, actually, it started off very, very basic, the bones of me knowing that I needed to do an internship eventually. It wasn't required for this year, but I wanted to do it either this year or next year, just for where I was in my academic career. And I was talking with Erin, who is one of my academic advisors, and she described a little bit about what the show was about and the themes of identity and belonging and obviously adoption. And I thought it, it just sounded really interesting. It really drew me in. And then what really sold me was after we had that conversation, she gave me Anna's phone number and I called you. And of course, you know, you're terrified. I was very nervous, uh, stuff like that. It always feels like a lot of pressure because you want to make sure you're representing yourself the best you can. And I was so nervous and I called you and immediately you were just so warm and so kind. And I felt like we had a really just nice chat over the phone. And after that interaction, I was really confident that this was something I wanted to be a part of because it just felt like a very safe space to grow skills that I had been learning in my digital media class, which was a previous course I took at Grandview that is pretty much the exact same work that I've been doing for the show. And so it just seemed like the perfect environment to take a chance and to grow those skills with uh, just a very, very kind support system. Oh, that was very nice. Well, I was super nervous just because especially (laughs) because I lack total skills in social media. So my Facebook pages, you'll see 
hmm, my dog Floyd will get 10 likes and then a plate of spaghetti will get 100 likes. And I'm like, I just don't get it. So when Aaron shared with me your talents and your hopes and dreams for a future career and internship, I just was so excited. I was nervous that you were going to say no. So I love those connections where we're able to be able to figure out how can we work together. And one of the things I remember telling you too is that this is a perfect opportunity to be able to like experiment and fail and fail boldly uh, because I really believe in especially at Grandview University or here at Ohio University to be able to have that freedom to be able to figure out how to best use our talents and and gifts Mm -hmm. what were you nervous about as far as um yeah what were you nervous about well I think and I think this is really common with students uh, you, there's always this fear that you're learning the skills in your classes and you're taking tests, but you haven't had the chance to put it to action and to actually create a product and take your learning into the real world. And so it's always kind of intimidating to leave that bubble. And then suddenly, you know, for this, I, I wanted to make sure that I would be representing uh, the Anna Ginger Show as a brand well. I wanted to make sure I was representing your voice as a uh I guess in a way as a performer um, and just all of that. And so I think it's always just a little scary and there's kind of that, that thing about how everyone's faking it. So everyone kind of feels unprepared uh, and really the only way to gain any experience is to kind of push that off and just dive in and hope for the best and take risks. But I was just, I was nervous about that, but I I feel that it's been very rewarding and the process has not actually been nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. Well, and I think that's just also because you are very kind and patient uh, because um, in addition to doing this uh, program, I also have a full-time job. So sometimes I kind of like I'm all over the place and you are fantastic about saying, okay, so we're going to post on this date and keeping us organized. It's one of your wonderful gifts that you bring to Um, a team, certainly. And I think the other thing that's wonderful about you, Linnea, is that you have this beautiful light about yourself that is just so gentle in your own way and kind and um, also enthusiastic and, and unbridled passion for whatever you're doing. And I love that curiosity, too, as far as like, how can I take what I learned in the classroom and bring that to what we're doing here with the show? So I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your many gifts, your patience, and your um, your your passion for life. Oh, well, Thank you. That that is so sweet. I just I mean I I really I have had so much fun working on this project. It it really it has been you know great people, great great product, great process. The whole thing is just I I felt I'm very very glad with my experience and the way everything has turned out. Well, I appreciate that. So I think that um if it would been just a podcast maybe about social media or something that you're comfortable that might have been um, part of the reason why you might have felt some uncertainty about whether or not this was the right project. So when you heard about the belonging piece but the, um, that you felt connected to, but the adoption piece, were you a little more nervous about that bit? Yeah, so that's actually been, I think, one of the most significant learning experiences I've had. Something I was, it was the 
community, like adoptee voices and adoptee communities online were something that is so, were like previously so foreign to me. Uh, I have kind of been fed what I think a lot of people uh, think of when they hear adoption, which are, you know, these picture perfect stories and happy endings. But I've learned that for a lot of adoptees, these stories are not all positive. And there's a lot of, you know, trauma and healing for many people. And really, the only way to understand those experiences are by listening to their stories. And I feel very, very lucky and very privileged that I've been able to kind of, I guess, not promote my own voice, but promote a voice within there where I'm able to spread these stories. So yeah, it's it's been fascinating. I've really, I've gotten to learn a lot about all the complexities and I guess just how multifaceted these adoption stories are. Well, and I think it's like anything, especially when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, we don't want to mm-hmm. say anything that's going to create a, a barrier to connecting. And we don't want exactly. to say something that wrong that might offend somebody. And so we're so scared to do that because then it might sever that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so that just, the complexities there, I've, I've just, it, they've been really enlightening and really interesting to learn about because I've, I have friends close to me who are adoptees, but obviously as someone myself, I'm not an adoptee. And so those are experiences that I can, I just have to listen to, you know? And so that has been a really huge part of it that I did not expect from the beginning. Well, interesting enough, Linnea, I mean, I'm 50 and I'm an adoptee. And so I really didn't know anything about the adoption experience except for my own, just because Mm -hmm. I've always pushed it to the side. And so I think this show together, I think it's been an interesting journey of just understanding what does it mean to be an adoptee? What is truth? What does it mean mm-hmm. to belong? What does it mean to be part of a family? I think the, some of the interviews about truth. So some of our um, people that we've interviewed have confronted the fact that their beginning, their origin stories have been lies. And so mm-hmm. all of that has been an interesting journey in these shows that we've done together. But also we talk about in the introduction about how all of us experience adoption in some way or the other. Like for me, Mm -hmm. moving to a new community, adopting Athens, Ohio as my new home. Um, And for you and our connection to adopting us into the the spirit and the purpose of the show, too, are all ways that I think that we experience adoption. And do you think that's you've experienced that? Oh, absolutely. I think, I, f- I feel that I've been, I've joined a lot of communities throughout my life. I've gone through a lot of transitions and a lot of change. Even, you know, something as simple as coming to Grandview, coming to college, I'm an out-of-state student. So I grew up in Wisconsin, Southeast Wisconsin. And so I came to Grandview and I knew no, I knew nobody. I didn't know anyone at the school. I didn't bring a car, so I had no form of transportation. And so I really, I, I was in a position where I was forced to kind of seek out a family here because if I was, I was so, if I didn't make that decision, I would have been very isolated and it would have been really lonely. And so I definitely feel that even, even my experience here and my experience being part of the show, that in itself, I think of as kind of, 
you know, developing that belonging and that community and that, that place, that spot that makes sense for me that I feel really good about where I am. Yeah, that, that makes sense. well, it makes complete sense. And the, the whole thing about that sense of belonging and community and, um, and friends helps us to have that sense of well-being too and where we are mm-hmm. whether or not we're starting our college career or, or wherever we are it's, it's important and the other thing that I really liked what you said is that storytelling component of mm-hmm. being able to understand someone's story is important this is what we try to do mm-hmm. and I think the identity piece too of trying to figure out who we are in this world and we've had some conversations about um uh, not only adoptees, but just like, who am I? And what are the things that tell us that we're good enough? And so I think that one of the things that's been surprising to me, which is kind of surprising, actually, is the adoptees who tell us the stories about how they don't feel like that they're good enough, that they're, they're questioning their place in the world because of their connection to um, being adopted. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, Linnea, which I'm excited to talk about, too, is just about um, w- which we do in the show is these creative interactions where we bring a poem or a song um, into our conversation. And for us, I'm going to talk about um, this poem because we, you talked about your uh, connection to Mary Oliver and her poem that you're going to read in a couple minutes. But I wanted to have Mary Oliver, I found this recording, of her reading her poem, Wild Geese, to be able to talk a little bit about identity um, and our connection together, Linnea. And then we'll talk about your poem and what you would like to do with that poem. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Okay. Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Ooh, I love that. That's Mary Oliver's her, and her reading her poem, Wild Geese. And for me, I feel that that poem acknowledges this innate human struggle and shares wisdom to free us from these burdens of who we are in this world. I feel like this poem, whenever I hear that, reminds us to look to nature and live like the wild geese, never questioning our belonging and value in this world. We will seek what we are looking for. And so that is my interpretation of the phone and uh, of the poem, not the phone, um, but also when I think about it connected to the show, about whether or not we question whether or not we are good enough or if that we belong in this world and whether or not we were wanted or not wanted. For me, this poem says that we are good enough no matter what and that we are um, 
we are part of this world because we simply exist. So for you, uh, Linnea, how do you feel about this poem? I, I, I greatly identify with the ideas of beauty being found in everything. I've always very firmly felt that. And I also, I think something about Mary Oliver that has always really resonated with me is just the way she uses nature and the way she builds stories from nature and creates this picture that in nature, everything is as it's supposed to be. Everything is there because it belongs and there's a purpose for everything. Every There's a moving part to everything and it all works together as a whole. And I, I think that poem was a great example of that. That was very beautiful. And so you have a poem that is meaningful to you. Would you mind reading the poem? Yes, of course. So this is The Kitten by Mary Oliver. More amazed than anything, I took the perfectly black, stillborn kitten with one large eye in the center of its small forehead from the house cat's bed and buried it in a field behind the house. I suppose I could have given it to a museum. I could have called the local newspaper. But instead, I took it out into the field and opened the earth and put it back, saying it was real, saying life is infinitely inventive, saying what other amazements lie in the dark seat of the earth. Yes, I think I did right to go out alone and give it back peacefully and cover the place with the reckless blossoms of weeds. Ooh, I love that poem. And what does that poem mean to you, Linnea? Something, so kind of like what I was saying before, this poem, it's very similar. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's a poem by Laura Galpin um, called The Two-Headed Calf, which I'm sure you can imagine by its name is a very similar theme. Uh, basically, the ideas of what could be considered a spectacle and this, you know, like, for lack of a better phrase, like this freak of nature, but really choosing to believe that there's beauty in that and that it's real and it's it's not the spectacle and that um, just that, I mean, the poem says it itself, that life is infinitely inventive and that this kitten in itself is, is amazing and an amazement and that there really is beauty in that and that I think also... Uh, the ending, this concept of giving it back to the earth, I think is also just really beautiful. And I think that kind of aligns with belonging as well, uh, saying that there is a spot for this kitten, just like there's a spot for everything else. And I just, I've always really identified uh, with that. And for some reason, that was, that was a poem that I think I heard for the first time probably years and years ago, and it just always stuck with me. And it's something I think about all the time. <laughs> I love that. And so what are you thinking about doing with the poem? Yeah, so I would love to get a tattoo about it. I'm not entirely sure what that would look like. I would, uh, I would love to work alongside an artist to kind of visualize that, but I, I've really always, I personally, I don't have any tattoos at the moment. I have uh, lots of piercings, but I've always been a little afraid to finally take the step to getting a tattoo. Uh, but I plan for that to be my first one. Um, I most likely it would just be the kitten and hopefully 
you know, the flowers and the weeds and just that picture. I love that. Well, you and I have that in common in that we both don't Mm -hmm. have tattoos, but I'm seriously considering a couple of tattoos. Um, so one of the one of the tattoos that I'm interested in getting, although I love yours because it is connected to um, a poem that is meaningful to you, but one is a phoenix, and then the other is the triad, which is the symbol for adoption, which is a triangle and heart, as you know, because I think you posted that on social media, mm-hmm. and so I'm just not sure. First of all, one, where would I place it? Two, what happens if I hate it? Three, when I get to be 80, will I still love it? And so those are the questions that I ask myself. But also, as I was doing some research about tattoos, um, preparing for our time together, too, about why would I get a tattoo? What does it communicate about who I am in this world? What do I want the world to know about me? Or what do I want to remind myself with a tattoo? And so I think... For me, it is that connection to adoption. The phoenix is rising from the ashes. I think when you talk about um, just inventing yourself, too, as far as who am I and who do I want to be? But I'm afraid of the pain as well. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of the fear. I've, I've very much, I've always thought of tattoos as, as decoration. And I, I've I've always had a lot of fun with my parents. I'm one of those people who needs to constantly be changing the way I look just so I feel like I'm expressing myself. And so I, I really love the concept of tattoos as, you know, designs on your own body. I think I just think it's very, very cool. And I think it's it's unique and it identifies you and it you know, by looking at you, you kinda are picking up these little little pieces of someone's story by the way they're presenting themselves. You're making me want to get a tattoo, Linnea, and just going out <laughs> on Court Street and finding a place to find a talented tattoo artist to tattoo that phoenix and the triad onto my arm or someplace visible. I was saying, you know, you know those fake tattoos that they have that you can put them on for, um, and they'll last for about six weeks. So you have to sit quietly um, to to apply it, but I can't sit quietly for more than two minutes, so mine smeared. And so you couldn't even tell what the design was supposed to be on my arm. But I was in a board meeting with a particularly difficult board member, and uh, the same conversation happening over again and again with this difficult conversation. And I got a glimpse of my smudgy tattoo, which gave me the confidence to be able to say, well, actually, this is how the agenda is going to go, and these are the things that we need to discuss, and this is how we're going to do it. And what gave me the confidence to do that was that schmeary tattoo. And I will tell you it was transformative in that that individual backed down and let me run that meeting. And so there's something powerful about having some kind of visual reminder of who I am, that I'm not fearful, that I won't be bullied, and that I do have a place in this world, and that no one has the right to to take that away from me. Absolutely. So now I'm getting an even more sassy, Lene. We're like, yeah, that's right. I'm getting that tattoo. And there you go. <laughs> now, the other reason why I love the kitten poem, too, is I think about one of the creative ideas that you had for promoting the show is because we want to talk about adoption in all forms. And uh, many people know if they followed me on Facebook or if they just know me that I adopted my dog when I was living in England. And his name is Floyd Bushy Mather. 
And uh, he is the cutest dog in the whole entire world, and I adore him. I can't imagine my life without him. And so on Fridays, we spotlight um, pet adoptions. And so what made you think about that, and what has been fun about these first posts that you've been doing about uh, pet adoption? It really, it has just been so fun. And kind of in the midst of, you know, sharing these maybe a little heavier stories it's really nice to have a little a little break where you get this lighthearted um kind of happy ending for these pets and it's just i it, it's been it's been a very fun um a little fun side part of yeah, I think those furry family members that we adopt into our homes, they really do make a difference as far as we think of and care for them in a different way than you would a human being, of course. I think a big part of it is just that, you know, our pets, they really are family. And there's there's an unconditional love there that I think is really special. Yeah, you said it best. I knew you would. <laughs> So, Linnea, what would you like our listeners to do to create a world where everyone can feel that they belong, that they matter, that they are loved? I think the most important thing, and you you show it in your show and your guests represent it in your show, I just, you know, staying kind and being understanding and acknowledging that unless someone really the only parts of a person's story that you get and that you understand are the parts they share with you. And it's really important to remember that you don't know every, you don't know all the details of what someone is going through and you don't know the details of their past. And so it's really important that just regardless of that, that you are staying kind and you're open-minded and that you're willing to listen. And I think, I think that's easily forgotten, but I think it is really, really important. I love that. That is the perfect message. And you are perfection, Linnea. I am so honored that you are part of this team. And it's just been a pleasure and an honor to be able to work with you and um, to, to be able to tell stories and for you to have such creative and wonderful ideas that make this experience really special. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and a thank you to Adam Rich with WOUB for engineering and editing today's program. Our subject matter expert is Dr. Melissa Rizzo, and our storytelling producer and engineer is Zoe Lambert. Our creative and editing team includes Maya, Maddie, Alexa, Mark, and Linnea. Uh huh. Our music producer is Nick Kazernis, who has been writing John Artistian songs for over 30 years, including this show's theme song, Way to Me. And I am your host, Anna Ginja, signing off with a reminder that the key to unlocking all things good in this world is love. Here, you are loved and you are home. Always a friend and fan, this is Anna Ginja wishing you days filled with love, laughter, and peace. And a thank you to Adam Rich with WOUB for engineering and editing today's program. Our subject matter expert is Dr. Melissa Rizzo, and our storytelling producer and engineer is Zoe Lambert. Our creative and editing team includes Maya, Maddie, Alexa, Mark, and Linnea. Uh-huh. Our music producer is Nick Kazernis, who has been writing John Artistian songs for over 30 years, including this show's theme song, Way to Me. And I am your host, Anna Ginja, signing off with a reminder that the key to unlocking all things good in this world is love. Here, you are loved and you are home. Always a friend and fan, this is Anna Ginja wishing you days filled with love, laughter, and peace.